so excited I almost didn't make it up here. God bless you all. It's so good to be with you. Missed you guys last week. Um, and uh, what a beautiful, uh, just beautiful Sunday morning. Nice, brisk, cold. We're getting ready, right? You know, we can't be talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas if we don't got this type of temperature. So bring it on. We're uh, jumping in to uh, continuing our sermon series that we have started already several weeks ago. Last week, Elder uh, Jose went out ahead and talked about the challenge of prayer walking um, and, and just your communication with God. We've been talking about, in these last few weeks, we've titled the sermon series, Nine Week Challenge. We've been challenging the church on disciplines that are vital, disciplines that are important to us if we're going to be what we say we are, and that is disciples of Jesus Christ. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ means I am a follower of Jesus. And in order to be a follower of Jesus, we have to kind of show some of the uh, attributes of who it is that we're following. Right? Our God's, one of God's main goals is that we would all have conformity with his son, Jesus Christ. He wants us. You know, a lot of times we're like, no, I don't, I'm not perfect. I'm not Jesus. No, your goal as a Christ follower is to become more and more like Jesus each and every single day. Not to use that as an excuse of why I'm going to do what I want to do, but to be like him. And how are we conformed like Jesus? By spending time with Jesus. By applying disciplines, right? You want to have good hygiene, you take showers regularly, you brush your teeth, you floss, you do all these kinds of things. Those things help you to have good hygiene. Those are disciplines that your parents probably instilled in you when you were little, and hopefully you're still keeping up with it and teaching it to your children. It's the same thing in the spiritual realm. It's the same thing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, there are things that God wants to do in our lives. There, God designed you, each and every single one of you, uh, with a purpose. Not everyone was called to be pastors, apostles, like the Bible says, singers, instrument players. But everyone has been called to do things for his kingdom. Everyone has been called to go out and make uh, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to teach them what it is that Jesus taught us. We all, we all have that calling to go on ahead and make disciples, but how can you make something that you're not? And that's what we're talking about. We've been focusing our shift on discipleship. We started the sermon series, Discipleship 101, a few months ago. Now we're talking about these challenges. And today, uh, the challenge that we're going to be talking about, or I'm not going to tell you the exact challenge, but what we're going to be talking about right now is living generous. Living generous. If you have your Bibles, open them up with me. To the second book of Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 1 through 9. I don't got the page for you this time because I want to see uh, how good and quick you guys are in finding them. But we got some Bibles right in front of you. As Anthony mentioned, in case you walked in late, our, uh, it turned out not to be the bulbs. We waited forever for the bulbs. We put the bulbs in, and they weren't that. So we should uh, be getting a quote to replace these projectors uh, and hopefully have that done at ASAP. 2 Corinthians, for someone that was asking, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 9. Now, what I'm going to do, sometimes I kind of dissect it, and I am, 
but I want to read it together as a whole because this is kind of like, like a letter from Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church. Before we do that, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, we come before you. We thank you for the opportunity in which you have given us this morning, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us the freedom. We thank you that you've given us the breath that we have in our lungs to be gathered here today to worship you with one voice, Father, and to receive of your word with one voice, God. I pray, Lord, that we would receive, Father God, your word today, what it is that you want us to receive, Lord. I pray that you would go on ahead and try to put all distractions to the side, things that maybe are weighing on our mind, the things that we've got to do when we got to get out of here, Lord, what we got to do to prepare for the week, Lord. I pray that you would put that to the side, that we would dedicate our ears to you right now, God, that we would see what you want to show us, that we would hear what it is you want to tell us, Father God, and that we would receive in our hearts what you want to implant in them, Father God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would humbly use me to deliver your word this morning. In Jesus' holy, mighty name, the church of God says, Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 9, this is what Paul says. He says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond, everyone say beyond, their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Letter from Paul to the Corinthians church. You see, he's talking here about a group of people who, the Macedonians, right, being very generous. About generosity being somewhat of a discipline that we need to play in our lives. And listen, first and foremost, I, this is not a sermon on, on, on your tithes and offerings. We, we, we've done that and we'll do that again. But this, when I'm talking about the discipline of generosity, yeah, that plays into it. But we're just talking about being generous in general, okay? Because the reality is that giving in any capacity can be very difficult for Christians. It can be very difficult for Christians. It can be very difficult for us to, to, to give, to give extra, to give maybe where we're stretching out on a limb to provide for someone's needs. Sometimes it can be difficult, and I'll, 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 I'll go back and say not just Christians, just people in general. 
We like to sometimes hold on to what we have because if I give, I don't know if I'll have enough. Although it should be the opposite, man. Christians, it should be the easiest for us to give. It should be easy for us to give because if we believe in the living God, then we know that God says, man, test me and see, right? That when you give, that you'll never go, you're, 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 you're go hungry. You'll never go empty. You'll never be without something. We, we need to be people that display this by our faith, that God, even though I can't see, this family maybe is in need, and man, if I use what I have, now I might not have enough, but as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to say, man, Lord, I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to provide for that family, knowing that I might not have enough for me, but knowing that the God that I serve is more than enough. I want to discuss today how it is that we are to live generously. I want us to discuss after, the, after we finish today where we would understand that when we're talking about living generous, that it's going to be something that we would be willing to do, not something that we're going to be reluctant to do. See, a lot of people, sometimes we're, um, we're kind of... Uh, What's the word that I'm looking for? We're, 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 you know, we kind of give sometimes because we feel like, man, I, I have to. Oblig obligated. Yeah, we feel obligated. So we give. Man, Anthony's giving talk is on point. I better give. Man, the pastor talked about giving, so, man, I see that person. It looks like he's in need, so I better give. But I want us to be, listen, if we're applying this as a discipline in our life, then we need to get to a point where, where when we're talking about living generously, it's something that we do willingly and not reluctantly. So how? How is it that as Christ followers, are we to live generous? Well, the Bible shows us in a lot of places, but we're focusing on this passage today. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. There's a couple things. There's five things that I'm going to go through very, very quickly today. But five things that I, that, that I believe we need to understand in the area of living generous. And the first thing is that giving to others is more about overflow than inflow. Giving to others is more about overflow than inflow. Let's start. Let's break this up, what we just read. Chapter 8, verse 1. It says, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you... To know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So Paul is talking to the church of Corinthians and he's saying, listen, I want you to know about the grace that God, I want you to hear what God has done through the Macedonian churches. And then verse 2 is the most important part of this section here. It says, in the midst of a very severe trial. What kind of trial? Severe. So the Macedonian churches have given and shown an act of generosity during a time in which they, their pockets were filled with money, right? The Macedonian churches gave abundantly during a time where everything seemed to be good, right? If you're following along with me, it says, in the midst of a very severe trial. Yet even though they were going through a very severe trial, Paul continues and he says, their overflowing joy, everybody say joy, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Some of us say, man, in the world, that doesn't make sense. That even though you're going through the worst of times, even though you are in extreme poverty, somehow 
what you're giving shows rich generosity. I'll give you a little bit of background really quickly, really quickly. Uh, Paul, when he's talking about Macedonia, he's talking about the northern part of Greece, okay? During this time, raising money, uh, it, it, what, what was happening is Paul is going out from location to location. He's going from, from town to town, and, and he's kind of starting to plant churches. He's planting churches. He's going everywhere. When you read the epistles, right, these are, these are uh, written by the Apostle Paul. These are letters to churches. What churches? Churches in which he's established, churches in which he has started, and now he's in prison or he's somewhere else, and he's writing as he hears back some of the issues that these churches are having. He's writing to them to correct them, to encourage them, and so on. And so right now, right here, he's talking to the, uh, to the church of, the, of, of the, uh, the church in Corinth, but he was kind of letting them know, we've been trying to raise money to help the poor Christians that are in Jerusalem. You can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. They're raising money to help the poor Christians that are in Jerusalem. And now the Romans, the Romans had taken Macedonians' wealth. The Romans had kind of went out ahead and conquered that area. And so the Macedonians had absolutely every single reason why not to give, right? The Romans have come and kind of conquered our area. They've kind of taken all of our money. And yet you're asking me to give to help this church in Jerusalem, to these people that are poor? For some of us, we would say it's justifiable for them to say no. But that's not what happened. They were in a very severe trial, Paul says. They were in extreme poverty. But Paul says, overflow of joy, overflow of joy that they had, that these Macedonians had, what had happened, it gave them more than an inflow of money. They, they, they were privileged. They felt privileged to go out ahead and say, yeah, I want to give to this. More than an inflow of money is what led to generous living. See, we've got to understand and, and come to the, 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 the kind of the conclusion that being rich doesn't necessarily make you generous. Because you have a lot and maybe give a lot doesn't mean that you're, that, that you're generous. I've heard it, someone said before, say, well, you know what, the rich haven't gotten rich, or at least not all of them. I'm not going to say it, but most of the time the rich have not gotten rich because they are the most generous. Sometimes the reason why they're rich is because they're the most stingiest. Because they're not going to throw money just everywhere. They're not going to give money everywhere. Maybe enough to write off on their taxes so they don't get hit at the end of the season. So they'll make all these contributions. But those are because I have to. Not because I want to. Now don't get me wrong. There are some people that I know that are very well, very wealthy and just love to give. But again, just because you're rich doesn't make you generous. In verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 11, it says this. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. See, regardless of whatever it is that you have, my challenge to you, the word of God's challenge to you is regardless Regardless of whatever you have, choose to start living generous today. Choose to start living generous today so that you will be enriched in every single way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Lord, Lord, I want to be generous. 
I want to be generous. I want to give. Lord, provide me with opportunities in which I can go on ahead and be a blessing to others. How to live generous. The second thing I want you to know and understand is that giving to others becomes a privilege when you understand the purpose. Giving to others becomes a privilege when you understand the purpose. Remember, before we started this nine-week challenge, what was challenge number one? Was understanding your identity. Because you can't do all these other things that follow, dedicating yourself to the Word of God, dedicating yourself to prayer, all these things that we've talked about. You can't do that if you don't understand why it is that you're doing what you're doing. I'm going to do these things because I am a child of God. I'm going to do these things because of what God has done for me. I'm going to do these things because no matter what, I trust and I have faith that God will go ahead and straighten out my path as crooked as as it may be. And in the same area, giving to others becomes a privilege when you understand the purpose. Let's look at verse 3. He says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond. Their ability, entirely on their own. Who made them do it? Did they receive a letter from Paul saying, hey, you better? He says, entirely on their own. Verse 4, they urgently, everyone say urgently, pleaded with us for the privilege, there goes that word, for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. We see here two ways in which they give. First, first way they gave is they gave as much as they were able, right? One thing to understand clearly is God is not asking you to give more than you have. You can't give more than you have. It's impossible. If you only have a dollar and I tell you give me a dollar and one cent, you can't give me a dollar and one cent because all you have is a dollar. The other way that we see that they gave is they gave beyond their ability. See, giving what you have and giving based on your ability are kind of two different things. What I have is what I have. But giving beyond my ability means, okay, I have a dollar, right? And I, I kind of feel like I can give 50 cents and I'll keep it with 50 cents. But you know what? I'm going to stretch that out. I want to stretch out in faith. And so I'm going to give a little bit more than what I believe I can give. I'll give 50 cents. You're, going be, you're giving beyond your ability. That means giving in a stretching way. Right? Christian giving is estimated in terms not of quantity, but of sacrifice. When we talk about the things that we do as followers of Jesus Christ, man, sacrifice is a big one. Sacrifice. When, when you serve in the church, sometimes you got to make a sacrifice. Sometimes you got to be the first one there, or, or you got to deal with some headaches and make sure everything's ready. Being, a, be, being, being someone who loves Jesus Christ and raising and, and, and being a great uh, husband, father, wife, whatever, that all involves sacrifice. Saying no to the things that maybe we used to like to do but know are no good for us, that's a sacrifice. Christian giving is estimated in terms not of quantity but of sacrifice. We, we remember that in the story with the, with the lady, right, who goes out ahead and, and gives all that she has. Right? That God, Jesus wasn't looking at, well, I know that's all she had, but it's just a little bit. Because these guys are giving a lot more. No. He was saying, man, these guys give a lot more, but that's because they got a whole bunch more. This lady gave all that she had. That's sacrifice. 
sacrifice is saying, I'm going out on a, out on a limb here. I don't, I, I don't know if, 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 if this is going to be good for me if I give because I don't know if I'm going to still have enough. That's sacrifice. But, I'm, but, but, but why are you going to sacrifice? Only because you know the purpose behind that sacrifice. I'm doing this, whatever it is, because I believe that, first of all, I want to I, I reflect Jesus Christ. But, but I want to provide a need for this person or a need for this family or need that, the, that, that maybe the church may have or even in, in, in serving in a place, whatever the case is. I'm going to sacrifice my time. I'm going to sacrifice my finances because I believe in the purpose. Because I believe that it's a privilege. Because they knew the Church of Macedonia, even though they were in a hot mess, but they knew the importance of advancing the kingdom of heaven. Paul didn't have to beg, the Bible says. As a matter of fact, they begged. Why? Those are people that understand the privilege that they have to serve and to be a part of God's work. They begged, the Bible says, they urgently pleaded. Can you imagine what the church of Jesus Christ today, in this day and age, in this generation would look like if people actually begged to be generous as opposed to us, maybe pastors or, 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 or whatever the case is, begging people to be generous? We can look at giving in three different lenses, right? One of them is we have to. I, I got to give because I have to. I got to give. I got to be generous because I have to, right? Some people look at it as, oh, I got to give because um, I, I should. I, I, ought to, I ought to be generous. But there's those that understand the purpose, and they don't say I have to or I ought to. They say I get to. I have the privilege. I have the privilege to be a part, to contribute, to be a part of something bigger than I am. And we display that in many ways. You see, we had like a special offering for, for the New Life Center. Uh, man, to see that ministry grow uh, over there in the little, bit, little village community where we have, there's mentors, there's after school programs, there's sports, there's groceries, there's all these, all these type of things. And, and when we give sometimes to things like that, that, that you ought to say, man, I get a privilege. I can't go and do those things, but I get a privilege to help impact people that I may never see ever again in my life or know, but I know that I'm playing a role in it. Have to, ought to, give to. Which one are you? Which one are you this morning in the area of generosity? We ought to say, hey, I have this privilege because I by me being generous, by me applying this discipline of generosity in my life, I get to help other Christians out. That's the service in which Paul is talking about. I get to help other, other, other Christians that are, are, are maybe in a, in a lot tougher situation. Matthew chapter 25, verse 40 says, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. 
do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We're not talking about just about money. We're just talking about the act of generosity. There are plenty of things that you can do for each other. Other things you can do for other Christ followers and people that aren't Christ followers because we've got to reflect this light, right? There's plenty of things that you can do that don't necessarily involve you handing over a check or cash. How to live generous. The third thing that I want us to understand in this area is that giving to others starts with giving ourselves first to the Lord. Giving to others starts with giving ourselves to the Lord. And I'll tell you one thing. It's going to be a lot easier to, to, to be generous the closer you are to Jesus Christ. Verse 5 says, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. See, Paul probably figured this church I don't know if they're going to send anything to help out the, the poor Christians in Jerusalem. If they do, it's probably going to be very minimum because, you know what, they're in a bad situation. They're in severe poverty, right? But the Bible says Paul was, was, was surprised. They exceeded his expectations. Why? Because he understood that in order for them to exceed the expectations that he had, was they, they had to have given themselves first to the Lord. That's sometimes when we talk about when you hear us say, man, pray about something. You're thinking about being generous in a specific area? Pray about it. God, how can I bless someone? God, how can I bless this family? God, how can I bless the church? Or, or how can I bless my neighbor? If you start praying for that and start speaking to God about that, I believe that God will begin to put those ideas and those thoughts in your mind. Maybe at one point, sometimes you guys have thought that, like, oh, it just pops up in your mind. Oh, I want to do this. I want to be generous in this way or that way. And then you don't do it, and then right away, you know, like in Spanish, te quita la gana, you know, like, we, 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 never mind. That was in the moment when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and now forget it. I've been watching too much Netflix, I guess. Give ourselves to God. Paul, expectation for the gift was exceeded. The, the secret to being a generous Christian is first giving yourself to the Lord. You got to give yourself to the Lord. And say, God, what do you want to do with me? How do you want to use me as your vessel to bless this week, this month? How do you want to use me, man? Because until we get to that point that we're operating on our own, we're just saying, all right, well, you know, I'll be generous when, the, when, when I feel good, when, the, when I get the, the, the giggles or whatever the case is. I mean, no. As Christ followers, remember, you have to understand your identity and understand the power of prayer, the power of being in his word. We've got to be people that are ready to do what God calls us to do at any moment. But you have to give yourself. You see, some of us saying, God, use me. God, do what you want to do with me. Use me to bless someone. But in reality, we're just saying that. We're not really indulged in the beauty of Jesus Christ. We're not spending time with him. But when we do that, God makes all things clear. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So here, even necessarily, he's not saying offer your wallet. I'm just trying to, just, I'm just trying to teach you guys that when we're talking about generosity, we're not just talking about money. He is saying offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Again, Lord, how do you want to use me today? It's a dangerous prayer. If you're going to pray that prayer, be ready to receive the answer to it, and you better be ready to do it. How do you want to use me today? How can I be of service to your kingdom today? Giving ourselves, the Bible says, is an act of worship. The more that we give ourselves to the Lord, the more we will want to give to others. They, 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 they coincide with each other. You got to do one and the other. Are you struggling in this area? Is it hard to be generous? Is it hard for you to give to others? Then my question to you is how close are you right now in your relationship in this season with Jesus Christ? Because that might be the issue. Want to get that area fixed? You say, yeah, I want to be a generous person. Then get closer to the Lord. Give yourself to him. How to live generously. Fourth thing that I want us to know and understand is that giving to others is part of being a well-round Christian. Giving to others is part of being a well-round Christian. Verse 6 says, so we urged Titus just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. See, we need to be growing in maturity. We need to be, be, be becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Paul is saying you need to be well-rounded in your faith, excelling in all areas. That's what Paul's saying. You got to excel in all areas of your faith, right? We talk about our faith. We talk about, right, uh, making sure we're reading the word, making sure we're praying, making sure that, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're kind of watching our speech. These are all different areas, right? It's like guys... And ladies, I, I've seen both at the gym. You go to the gym, if you just work out, if you say, I, I want to plump up, I'm going to take this protein, I'm going to, I want some muscles, man, I want that, I want that, 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 that I want to look like the rock. And you go to the gym, and every day, you're working on your chest and you're working on your arms, right? Yeah, yeah, you're doing that religiously, arms, chest, arms, chest, arms, chest. And you're going to look in the mirror after three years, and you're going to be really big up on top and very skinny, weak on the bottom. Now you got issues, right? It's the same thing that I'm talking, you know, in order to be well-rounded means what? You got you to gotta have leg, day, leg days. Don't skip out on leg days. You got to do them both. You got to 
build their upper body strength. The next day, build the lower body. You work on them both, and then eventually, you're going to be well-rounded. It's the same thing when, it talk, when we're talking about our Christian life. We've got to be well-rounded Christians. Don't just be someone that all you do is pray, which is good, but don't just do that. Don't be a Christian that all you do is just read the Word, but you don't pray. Or you read the Word, you pray, and you're, but, but, but you don't give. You see what I'm talking about? You see where I'm getting at? Being a well-rounded Christian, if you want to be that well-rounded Christian and not be like that person that's built up on top and skinny in the bottom, then don't skip out on giving. You guys with me? Start working out that gift of giving. Don't skip out on giving yet. Start practicing. In the beginning, yeah, it's going to be tough. In the beginning, it'll be challenging to be generous. It is. It's not, it's, it, it, sometimes it doesn't come natural. Sometimes the more we have, the harder it is. But learn to excel. Say, Lord, I want to excel in every area of my walk with you. I want to be a well-rounded Christian. I want to be someone that's just good in one spot but good things other spots. The more you do it, easier it will become. Amen? And the last thing that I want us to understand when we're talking about how to live generously is that giving to others is a test of our love for others. Giving to others is a test of our love for others. In verse 8, this is what it says. It says, I am not commanding you, but I want to test, everyone say test, the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. He wants to test. He's comparing, but not just to compare, but he wants to test. It's like my son when he's, He's walking around the house, and he's bored, and he thinks he's all big and bad. He says, Dad, let's play basketball. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you, man. I'm going to whoop you in basketball. And I tell him, all right, how much you want to bet? He's like, no, let's just go out there and play. And, 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 you know, I'm I'm testing him. I said, okay, let's go. He got this old man up from the couch. All right, let me put on my shoes. Let me put on my my shorts and and be ready because I'm bringing out 1990 Lewis. I feel it afterwards. But I'll whoop him from time to time. But what I'm telling him is, all right, you got a big, you're talking a big game. So prove it. Show me. Show me that you can beat me. Paul is testing their sincerity. How real is your love, Corinthians, he's telling them. How real is your love? Paul is saying, prove it. The true test of love is not feelings, but it's action. Testing is by it, 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 testing it by comparing. Paul compares the, the Macedonian giving to the others. Let, let, me, let me compare where you're at. Let me compare how you are going to be generous to how a group of people who are in a severe trial, who really don't have much, I want to compare how you give compared to how they give. Paul says, I want to know if you have more. Or, or, or you want to know if you, if you have more to grow in giving? Now he starts getting real. He says, 
compare it to Christ's gift. You want to know? You want to know if you have more room to grow in your giving, compare it to Christ's giving. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Christ. Christ came down from heaven and he gave his life as a sacrifice. We're talking about giving our, our bodies. He, the Lord is asking that we give our, our bodies as a living sacrifice to do things that maybe are going to be stressful, to do things maybe that aren't going to be easy. Christ is asking us to do this. Oh, yeah, well, what did you do, Christ? Christ came down from heaven and became that living sacrifice. He was rich, but for your sake, he became poor. Jesus left the riches of heaven for the poverty of humanity. He loved us so much that he said, let me take off this robe of majesty as I'm sitting here on the throne. Let me put on this, this, this robe of flesh. Let me be born in a manger with animals surrounding me, with my parents having really no home. Let me do that so that eventually I can become the sacrifice that they need to have an eternal relationship with my Father. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Jesus Christ. You see? Compared to Christ, I don't know about you, but I got a lot of room to grow in my gifts. Compared to Christ, that's what it's all about. Everything that you do in your, in your walk with Jesus Christ compared to Christ. Oh, well, I'm not being treated right. I'm not being shown the respect I ought to be shown. Think he was showing a whole bunch of respect those final hours, but yet he became the sacrifice, the slave for these people that was disrespecting him and disrespecting his name. Many times that's that's that, that's how I place myself in check all the time. That's my role model, Jesus. Whenever I think I should do this or that or whatever, I look at Jesus. In the area of giving, look at Jesus. challenge for this week is I want you to find someone in which maybe you can give to in a stretching way. Right? You know what you can give. You know what you're able to give. Now stretch that. Find someone that you can give to in a stretching way. Examples. These are just examples that you can. Remember, you you should be giving yourself to God and asking God, God, what should I do? Maybe pay for a meal for someone, a family or a person, a co-worker during lunch. Pay for somebody's gas. Pay for somebody, you know, we've all heard the, the stories of the pay for someone behind you in the drive-thru. Now, that's cool. But I'd rather you do something that's going to maybe start, spark up a conversation with people. And now you can speak the truth. Why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Pay for someone's groceries. Give someone that is a need, provide a, a financial need. These are amazing stories. I don't know if, you ever, if you've seen them, but sometimes you watch it on TV or these days you see it on, on, on social media, TikTok, whatever the case is, where people just go around and say, hey, I want to pay for your groceries. What? 
when the guy realizes he only has three people in his car to be pulled out, he goes back and fills it all up. <laughs> I said I wanted to pray for Ricky Hatter, so it'll be great. But ask God, in seriousness, ask God, God, how can I be a blessing? Maybe it is the area of, of, of giving of your tithes and offerings. Lord, I want to be of service, so help me be more generous. Maybe it's that neighbor that maybe would not expect you to do anything, but you just did. Stand up on your feet if you can. Disciplines are things that have to be put in action, and you have to do them in order for them to stick. And the moment you become complacent is the moment that those disciplines begin to fall, and now you're back where you started. So the call that we have today is, Lord, to be a well-rounded Christian, I have to understand that I need to be generous. So allow me to apply this discipline in my life. Let me exercise it. How do you exercise something? You do it. Ask God, God, what can I do? What can I do? Place it in my hands. And let me do it. What a, what, what a beautiful time as we're, we're, we're entering, what, after two weeks before Thanksgiving. I'm intrigued to know that if we can take on this challenge this week, the amazing stories that can be told over Thanksgiving dinner about how somebody that heard this message was generous. Maybe the very fact that you're going to be generous is going to be the reason why a family might be able to have a nice Thanksgiving dinner. Just pray it out. God, I give myself to you. Use me. Show me how I can be of service for you and for your kingdom. Because whatever it is that you do for the least of these, the Bible says, is as if you are doing it unto the Lord. Father God, we come before you right now. And we thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to receive of your word, God. That your word in which says that it's alive and it's active. Lord Jesus Christ, that your word never returns void. Lord, that your word is like a, like a two-edged sword. It pierces, Father God, into the depths of our heart. Your word is like a mirror, Father God, in which reflection shows us the truth. Father God, we thank you for that. And we thank you specifically for the area of saying, hey, if we're going to be followers of you, Jesus Christ, I want to be a well-rounded in order to do that, I have to work on my generosity. So, Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, you would speak to your church, as I know you have already done so, but that you would instill in their hearts and in their minds, Father God, place ideas, place people in their minds and in their hearts, Father God. And, Lord, not just that, that, that they would think of something or someone to bless, God, but that they would have the strength, Lord Jesus Christ, to actually complete it, God. Knowing, Lord, that we're not doing this for ourselves to pump ourselves up to say, look what I did. No, but look at what God did through me, his vessel, his servant. Help us, Father God, in this area, in this challenge, of being generous followers of you. Lord, I pray right now as we get ready to dismiss, Lord, that you would be with your people, that you would be with your church. Lord, whatever plans are for today or the rest of the week, Father God, Lord, that you would protect each and every one of us, God. 
Lord, I pray, Lord, that no matter where we go, no matter what we do, that you would remind us who it is that we are. Lord, that you've called us to be the light of the world. You've called us, Lord Jesus, to be the salt of this earth, that you did not call us to blend in, but you've called us to stand out. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be able to reflect your light, reflect your love, reflect your generosity. Now I leave you, church, dismiss you with this blessing we find in the Old Testament. Church, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you all. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you peace. All of this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And the church of God says, amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We love you. We will see you next week for our next challenge.